It is with great joy and proper solemnity that I greet you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. We are in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ by His Spirit and the elect and holy angels who are in this assembly with us. May our joy be exceeding great and our praise fitting of the Savior and Lord that we have, lest they be offended and irritated with our neglect and slothfulness in worship and bring judgment to bear upon us. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be honored and glorified by all that we have to say and do. Please turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 3 for an opening passage of Scripture. Things that the world has no clue about as they labor and struggle and worry with their endless hallucinations and imaginations, we have pure truth laid out before us in the precious Scriptures. And I want to give the more difficult passage of any that I'll deal with today first so that we can get it over with in a sense so that I will not cumber your minds later. In the epistle to the Ephesians, commencing at verse 11 of chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is explaining to that Gentile church in Asia Minor, a province of the Roman Empire, that the Lord Jesus Christ, by the death on His cross, had broken down all the differences between Jews and Gentiles, and that God had made a new body out of both of them, which is His church, which is inhabited by the Holy Spirit, as chapter 2 comes to a close. In chapter 3, the Apostle explains no one else before him had this level of understanding of this matter. That this was a secret kept hidden from the foundation of the world, but had been revealed to him by special dispensation, and it was his glorious office to preach it to the Gentiles, that they were no different from the Jews and had been brought into one body, which is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, the congregation, the church, the living organism of Jesus of Nazareth, the high King of heaven. Now, as he works his way through the third chapter, he tells us another aspect of this glorious gospel fact of the Gentiles being brought in. Pagan idolaters, the kind of people that his people, the Jews, annihilated in the land of Canaan. These idolaters had been saved by the grace of God and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to the intent that the angels in heaven might have a glorious display that they had never witnessed before of the grace and love of God shown by His treatment of us. I have preached these verses to you before, so the short explanation will have to be adequate. I start at verse 8 of Ephesians 3. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. 
and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. It is the tenth verse that I want to direct your attention to, that God, by revealing this mystery kept secret from the beginning of the world, but now revealed to Paul, was for the principalities and powers. A principality is a prince and his dominion. We call them municipalities when we refer to small segments of civil government. Principalities are the dominion of a prince of the angelic realm in spiritual places that we cannot see. There be princes in our assembly today that we cannot see. They are princes of the angelic realm. But God has an intent by his ordering of all events and especially his salvation that is in Christ and the inclusion of Gentile pagans like you and me to the intent that principalities and powers, two different names for rulers of spiritual authority in the angelic realm might know by God's treatment of the church and our response to Him, the manifold wisdom of God, the many facets and the many phases and the glorious providential saving of Gentiles for the angels to see it. Because the God of heaven did not save a single angel. Those angels who are in the presence of God and have been for thousands of years know the holy God that we deal with in a way that we do not know. They know how just He is in a way that we do not know. They have seen their peers, their colleagues, their fellow soldiers cast down into hell and reserved in chains to everlasting destruction. And they know that the God that they deal with is terrible in all His doings. And yet they see that he has saved Gentiles, pagan idolaters who rejected the wisdom and revelation of the natural creation and who worshiped sticks and stones and four-footed beasts and creeping things. He has saved them by his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And God has arranged all this for the ultimate display of His grace and His power by saving some of an inferior race that the superior race would know how great and glorious He is. This is Ephesians 3, 8 through 12. It is a mystery of the gospel. It is what others do not know and no one knew except God Himself until it was revealed to the Apostle Paul. This is what we get to consider today. Brethren, the angels... Stand in awe in this assembly that God chose us to be His sons. That God chose us to be the joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Heirs of God. 
a blessing and benefit they do not have. Because it was given to the Son who has shared it with us by His redemption of us. Their colleagues will spend eternity in hell that sinned. We sinned as heinously, and we shall spend eternity in heaven with them, praising God and the Lamb. All glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. All glory to the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Let us pray. O Lord God, our Father in heaven, blessed be the name of the Lord, and he who comes in the name of the Lord, even our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee, Holy Father, that before the world began, You had hidden in the secret counsels of Your own will the salvation of us Gentiles. We thank Thee that in the fullness of time, You sent forth your Son made of a woman, made under the law, to take on the nature of the seed of Abraham and to save us, foolish, rebellious, pagan, idolatrous Gentiles, and to pass by that superior race to us, the angels that had sinned in heaven. For they were not clean in thy sight, But their ambitions were impure, and you cast them out of heaven, and have confined them to the earth, and they are reserved in chains to everlasting destruction. We thank Thee that You sent Your Son for us. We thank Thee that we have received the adoption of sons ourselves to be joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ, and that the angelic host are our servants. Our Father in heaven, let every child and aged man in this assembly be gripped by the fact that there is an army called the host of heaven that serves us and will deliver us and will worship the Lord, God Almighty, and the Lamb with us forever and ever and ever. I thank Thee, Lord of heaven and earth, that You chose the lowest scum of this race, to preach your gospel in this place, this day. I am less than Paul, who said he was the least of all saints, and the less of the least. Father in heaven, but I thank thee for thy spirit, for there is a spirit in man, and the Almighty giveth him understanding, and I thank thee for thy precious word and what it declares And I believe the words that I have just read to this audience to be absolute and final truth. And I pray that I might make it manifestly clear to their minds this day that they might be convicted in their hearts, lifted up in their spirits, and rejoice in God their Savior. Rejoice in the Lamb. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Forgive us our sins. How can we sin? How can we sin when we are told of such things, when we know that the holy watchers are all around us observing our daily activities, how can we sin? But, O Lord, we confess that we have sinned, and we pray that you would forgive us every bit of foolishness in our hearts, every bit of wickedness in our hands and feet, and that you would bless us by your Spirit, through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, to have our fellowship with Thee fully restored at this moment. 
and that together in peace and harmony with our hearts alive and rejoicing in your great salvation, we shall sing your praise this day and preach your truth from your word. Heavenly Father, we pray for every assembly of saints, those chosen before from the Gentiles, to make up your body as they meet in every place this day and those that have no place to meet. We pray that you would be with them and among them, that you would hear their prayers and bless them by opening their eyes to behold wondrous things out of thy law. Our Father, make every man of God a mighty man and fill him with wisdom and power, delivering him from his enemies and let the word of God have free course and be glorified. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you would raise up other mighty men Men who fear no man. Men who have a great love and appetite for thy precious word. Men who care about the lost sheep of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Men who love the glory of God. Men who want to protect and defend the ancient due order of New Testament apostolic religion. Men who hate this world and the compromising Christianity that besets us on every side. Men who hate slothfulness, but who are diligent, who would take up your word and preach it to others. Heavenly Father, bring such beautiful feet to us, and we shall thank and praise thy holy name. Raise them up from our midst. Speak the word, O Lord, and call some from their nets to be fishers of men. Preserve our nation and all the nations in the earth, O Lord, though you raise up over some of them the basest of men, yet defend those base men against the baser men who seek to overthrow them. Heavenly Father, magnify thyself. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Our Father, we thank thee for every good thing that you have given us. But every material, natural, and carnal, worldly blessing that we can list pales in significance compared to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and our great salvation. If we were to fall down with infectious, terrible leprosy from the crown of our heads to the sole of our feet, losing every single asset we have in every human relationship, and yet we have Thee, O Lord, our Father, and salvation by thy Son, and an eternal inheritance reserved for us in heaven. We are most blessed. We are the richest of all men. Heavenly Father, teach us this godly perspective. But we do thank thee. We thank thee for all thy mercy toward us. And Lord, continue to provide our daily bread and those means by which we must have to live. Our Father in heaven, Forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. And teach us to forgive those who have but scratched us for a hundred pence when we ourselves have been forgiven of ten thousand talents. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this opportunity. We love Thee, O Lord. There is no God like unto Jah that rides upon the heavens in Your glory. We thank Thee that we know Thee. And we thank Thee that You have revealed Yourself to us. We thank Thee that we are not worshiping Allah this day. We thank Thee that we are not worshiping the great spirit of the buffalo hunters. 
We thank Thee we are not worshiping the fat Buddha. We thank Thee, O Lord, that Thou hast revealed Thyself to us by Thy Spirit and through Thy Word, by conscience, by providence, by creation. And the testimony is abundantly clear that there is but one God, and Thou art Him, O Lord. Bless us now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to worship Thee with all our might. Forgive us every bit of sin that still clings to us, that will taint and spot our worship. But sanctify us by the Holy Spirit and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it's in His name we pray, blessing Thee and praising Thee, and we shall do so forever. In Jesus' name, Amen.